Oh, um, so when I was working out today, I was listening to my songs from 2016, like from when we were living in the States, like my top music from then. It's um, interesting. Apparently I listen to Gangnam Style, like a lot. <laughs> also, it didn't even come out in 2016. No, it didn't. <laughs> I listen to Gangnam Style a lot, like... <laughs> Kind of An unnecessary. <laughs> hey. uh, it's still on my playlist. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just take it as as it is. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Everything is great. <laughs> Clearly, it's better now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. Moving promptly along. Let's start this podcast. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome and hello to everybody who really sick is sticking to this. So you, one listener, welcome back to Team with Lightning, a podcast of two dinosaurs talking about books. Today we have Ink by Alice Broadway. It's the first book in the Skin Books trilogy. Uh, I've made a mistake. I've got the wrong blurb. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. There are no secrets in Saint's Stone. From the second you're born, every achievement, every failing, every significant moment are all immortalized on your skin. There are honorable marks that let people know you're trustworthy and shameful marks that announce you as a traitor. As her father dies, Leora finds solace in the fact that his skin tells a wonderful story. That is... That is until she glimpses a mark on the back of his neck, the symbol of the worst crime a person can commit in St. Stone. Leora knows it has to be a mistake, but before she can do anything about it, the horrifying secret gets out, jeopardizing her father's legacy and Lenora's life. In her startling present debut, Alice Broadway shines a light on the dangerous lengths we go to make our world feel orderly, even when the truth refuses to stay within the lines. This rich, lyrical fantasy with echoes of Orwell is unlike you've anything you've ever read, a tale guaranteed to get under your skin. Bah, bah, bah. That's less of a, like, bah, 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 though, and more of a, like, long <laughs> pause. I don't know, yeah, something. That's the, that's the wrong noise for this. <laughs> Which is a first, I think. Yeah, well, we've been clearly we've been reading too many thriller esque novels that ask a question at the end. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So I actually, it's one of the few books I think that I found just browsing the tiny English section of a bookshop and just randomly picking it up and thinking, oh, doesn't sound bad. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yours was a recommendation for this, so. <laughs> so obviously, I'm the reason why you had to read it. Yeah. Um, I, I like this book. Um, uh, there was just a absolute fuck ton of world building. Yeah. The whole, like, beginning of the book, like, I'm not, not even beginning, the whole four-fifths of the book felt like it was world-building, and nothing happened until the last 
fifth of a book. And I'm just, I'm ready for the story to start now. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, a really long time to get into it. Yeah, she, she is doing a lot of world building, but I thought she, I mean, yeah, okay. In the beginning, there's, there's a slow pace, but at least she, she keeps going forward. Like she isn't completely abandoning it all to <laughs> just set up. Yeah, shit. no, I, I think it's a good, she does it well. And I think it's a good, really good premise, but not enough happened in the story for the first book for me. So. No. But I am also not one of those people that will pick up an incredibly thick book and read the whole thing. Whereas I think she's she's aimed for a, a middle-of-the-pack kind of thickness on the book and hoping that people will pick up the second, you know? Yeah. I mean, it did definitely make me curious about the next book. But yeah. then I had to wait for the next one to come out. And in the meantime, there were other books, so now all three are out and I still haven't read the second one. <laughs> Yeah, it might be worth a read when we finally get around to going on holidays. Yes. <laughs> on to the long holiday list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that list is so long. Yes. Um. Yeah, but uh, I give it a comfortable, like, four stars. It's all right. Yeah, I think I would go with four stars, too. Yeah, Cool. Which cool, might cool, be cool, the cool, second cool. the second book we actually agree on. Look at that. Look at us. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, we're homogenizing. Dum dum dum. Hmm. Okay. Should we go let's into the spoiler section? The, yeah, let's get into the spoiler section. Alright, well people read the book right now. Take your time. Yeah, would recommend. It is pretty good. Yeah. Or not, you can just draw, jump in and ignore the book and we'll give you a brief summary. <laughs> yes, if you're working on a book report for school, this is for you. Alrighty, so we we begin our chapter with the main protagonist, which is um, Leora. Leora. Yeah. And for once, this book actually has fucking normal names. It's mm, incredible. I mean, some of them are normal. Yeah, I know, this whole oval business, right? <laughs> mm, yes. It was interesting to find that name written in a book. <laughs> All right, well... And then to be a six-foot-something, incredibly buffed <laughs> tattoo artist. Yeah, which is, I mean, the dream, right? Sure. Okay. Um, yes, yeah. so we we get introduced to Leora, and she tells her basically the story of her birth, that she's gotten sick, or was born sick, and so she didn't get named and marked till, I think it was like 20 days later or something, which is Yeah, which is incredibly late. Yeah, it's a bit like um, if anybody out there is like... Catholic or Christian, and they just want to baptize you pretty soon after, so you don't end up in purgatory. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah, um, this has a lot of religious undertones. Yeah, it's it's important that you get marked so that you can go to heaven. Yes, which just as creepy as with the Catholics. So, <laughs> um, yes. 
and we are being told that at the end of those days when she was getting better, her mother named her Leora, and then she got marked, which is a tattoo, which a 20-day-old baby, or in the right cases, a just-born baby gets. They tattoo the name into the skin. Yes, which is like, you grow and your body changes and shapes how... Yeah. Where... How? It's going to be Why? super stretched out and weird looking. I mean, it sounds like for the like the official markings, they only use the arms. Yeah. And the forearms, which not... I suppose is the smallest amount of skin that stretches, but it still stretches. Yeah, and like, I mean, you can... There is more skin on my arm than there there is on a whole baby like what <laughs> yes why it's um yeah it's never explained it's one of the just go with it and don't ask questions moments yeah but yeah definitely irked me as well um so yes basically in this society everything gets gets tattooed on your skin for the whole world to see you yeah. get dots for each year so that people can tell. Was lines for each year? Wow, well, I thought lines. All right, fair, whatever. In any case, you you get marks for for your age. You get marks for your qualifications. Yeah, and finished high school, finished primary school, all that <laughs> jazz. Yeah, and you also get marks if you commit a crime or if you commit murder. I mean, that used to be what it what it was for. Yeah. Used to mark criminals because you know, it's not like anybody was keeping good records. <laughs> well, as it turns out, they are keeping good records, but they're still mm-hmm. busying themselves with that shit. Um, Paperwork is important. Yes, pretty much. And we get um, we get told from her that basically nothing is as important as your skin surviving after your death. Yeah, tells the story of your life to the future generations. Yes, and they have to be kept reading and your name has to be kept said in order for you to live on, mm. which is oddly linked with the afterlife. Basically, if yeah. nobody remembers you and nobody talks about you and doesn't look at your dead, shriveled skin in a book, then you clearly it's must be They basically make you into leather. Yes, which... It's not horrifying at all. No, um, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> of course it is. Um, yes, so basically everybody gets all their shit tattooed on them, and then when they die, they get flayed. And, yeah. Mm, just not a great job. Not a great job. And um, yeah, then they make you into a book, and then the book gets judged. So somebody reads all the pages and decides if you were good enough to be remembered or if you were a shitty person that's mm. going to get burned. Which is weird because they then have a, like a ceremonial weighing process, you know. Yeah, it's all very dramatic. Which is very, and, well, that's very, um, what is it, Egyptian when they weigh your heart and it has to be lighter than a feather. Like, yeah. And it also reminds me a little bit of, just trying to make it tense for the TVs as if they were trying to make a show out of it. And this week's yeah. on weighing the, uh, weighing the Lives, we have the book of Jonathan. Yes. So, 
basically it's all very judgmental that's what yeah i mean about. it's a bureaucracy though there's so <laughs> much paperwork yeah true and yeah so we get a, a little insight into the world from leora and then she's telling the story of her dad who's got sick and basically they had a lot of time preparing in a sense because it took him or it took the illness quite a long time but yeah he has just died and i find the whole description of right after he dies and um, the officials are coming in really creepy when they immediately massage his skin with oils <laughs> because it's gonna oh, be yeah. taken off soon and it's just mm, creepy yeah, you've got to keep it moisturized. You've got to keep your tattoos in good order. Yeah, it's just very Silence of the Lamb. It puts the <laughs> lotion moisturizer on, its on its skin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, well, we have, um, we have a slightly cryptic message uh, from her dad as he dies, just saying uh, she needs to look out for the blanks. Um, which are the people who live basically on the other side of the wall and who don't have any tattoos at Outside all. Of yes, they true choose to be deceitful and don't have their sins and their triumphs written on their skin for you know people to read and then wander around naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so basically that's, that's a cultural thing here. So everybody can see your tattoos, you wander around naked. Well, not naked, naked, but like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at, at, like their formal clothing has a lot of skin to be shown. So many skin. Think but, like legionnaires' outfits, um, yeah. like Roman legion outfits. Very short leather skirts. <laughs> yes, but basically the the um, portrayed enemy here are the, the blanks, the people who clearly have something to hide if they're not willing to put everything about themselves on their skin. And yeah. it's, it's this weird belief of their soul being weighed down by everything if they don't put it on the outside so that their soul will yeah. be free. It's, that, it's a strange way to look at it. So weird. But, yeah. So, her dad dies, which leaves her with her mom, who's kind of a really serious shut-off person. Yeah. She's an introvert, if there ever was one. <laughs> yes, and this all doesn't exactly help. Um, yes, but... Yeah. Um, well, once their dad is taken away, they get to have a look at the book once they yeah. prepare the skin. And, and they turn him into a book and it's kept at the library or the museum, sorry. Yeah, the museum. And they they get to have a look at it while it's all being processed, basically. And her mom is super tense about the whole thing. But once they look through the book, she's like all calm and happy and it's all good now. Mm -hmm. Which is like the first hint. Something's not right. Yeah. Her mom is like super on edge and it doesn't seem to fit right. But... Leora's super sure that her dad's going to be remembered and that they're going to get the book to take home because he was like in a their super own... nice person. Yeah, he was a good person. He was good to everyone. 
Yeah, everybody um, loved him. He did like volunteering work and he was just, he was super. Yeah. So she's excited to have him home and put him in the family library of dead people. <laughs> yes, because they have the entire family of her mom's side sitting around there. Nothing from her dad because he came from out of town and apparently didn't bring anything with him. He just left his family behind on the shelf. Well, I mean, if you were, like, the second sibling, I feel like that would not be, like, it wouldn't be your duty to, like, carry the family books around. What, you get you, you get to keep your great-aunt Mildred and, and that's it? Like, how would you divide that? You'd probably want to keep them all together. I don't know, but it also seems like everybody should have someone to remember. I don't know. It, it seems odd to either put it all on one person or be like, I know, just somebody take them. I can't be bothered to carry them with me. Yeah, honestly, I feel like they would need, like, an entire communities would have to be in a library because eventually you're all, like, interconnected and related anyway, right? Yeah, probably. So we also, we also have people who obviously don't have family anymore and those books just get read out by volunteers. Those names are just being read so that they will still yeah, be... Yeah, just their name gets listed and... Yeah, and their books are presumably somewhere in the library. Uh, maybe they're in the museum. Yeah. Um, yes, so we have that scene, and then we... I think it's the next day when Leora goes out to the market to buy stuff, and on her way she sees a stage being set up, and it's not really a common thing for public announcements or anything to happen. So she wanders off... And we get an introduction to the new mayor, or the fairly new mayor. It's Mayor Longside, I think. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he seems like a dick. <laughs> yes. He's, He's very militant um, and very old. What is the word? Uh, he's a bit of a... Um, it starts with F. Phonetic. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm going to say fanatic, but no, um, he's dic- he's a bit of a dictator. He's a fascist. That's the word I'm looking for. Ah, there we he's a yes. fascist. He's trying to really clamp down on this, the blanks are the enemies thing. Blanks are terrible. They only ever do bad things, and we should keep them out of their society, despite the fact that there are no blanks in their society. All the blanks have been removed. She, Leo, Le, Leora hasn't seen a blank in her whole life. She has no yeah. idea that they even exist. Because as far as they're concerned, they the blanks lost the war and had to get kicked out of town. And there there are no blanks. Yeah. But and he basically the, goes, the, the threat is real and he terrifies them. And um, if, if yeah, we the take religion a little, then he's one of those old school, really militant faith people who just tries to push through all the really, really crappy bits about the rules. Yes, because people aren't living stringent enough lives. Yes. He's also trying to get all of the paperwork in order so they can hunt down the origins of every single person's tattoo. You know, um, because paperwork matters, so there are no secrets in the the inkedness. Yes, ah, because that's the whole point, right? People are inking themselves because they need to show that they have nothing to hide, even the bad things. Yeah, which I find very odd 
So, like, even the bad things, right? Yeah. Um, stop me if this is pushing too far forward, but that lady who comes in to get a tattoo of her baby who died yeah. too soon. Um, so this woman's baby dies before it gets inked, and she doesn't really get a chance to to mourn it. I think she must miscarry, right? And because the baby never never got inked, never got named, it can't be remembered because it was born blank. Yeah. Because it was blank, and that sh- despite the fact that the suffering that she went through, like, is immense as part of that process, she doesn't get to do anything about it, so she can't get the the ba- that baby on her family tree. So on the back, you have your family tree on your back, and she can't put any she can't put this child on on her family tree and um so she goes and gets an illegal tattoo to um commemorate her baby yeah which i find like why why it's her suffering let her memor like memorialize the the child even if you can't like i mean that's that's real suffering anyway hey fascist <laughs> regimes you know what i mean yeah because, yeah, whenever somebody in your family dies who, like, didn't have a didn't have a different place in the family tree, they are just depicted as a leaf at the bottom, like a wilted leaf. Mm. And um, I think she already has, like, two or three for the, yeah. the other children she lost. So we don't really know if those ones were made legally or not, but clearly an issue that must have come up with more than one person yeah and I think that's the fact that there is somewhat of an underground tattoo scene even within the community says that there's like there's some level of unrest yeah with the dictatorial process of this (laughs) new mayor back to the back to the square Yes, um, we also get a quick um, we also get a quick look back at one of the truth tellings that she remembers. So mm. once every couple of years, by the sound of it, um, they have to go to a truth telling. So they go into the museum, or is it the or the government building, one of the two, and um, they go into a, a separate room where they have what seems to be close to a lie detector, and uh, yeah. They have they have to place their hand on a on a metal dome and then it's recording whatever and the government official is asking a couple of questions that you need to answer and that's basically it. Yeah, and basically, yeah, it's it's basically confession. Yes, it is. They're trying and to catch you in a lie. And it's mandatory, so it's not like yeah, would you like to confess? But it's you're gonna confess. Because obviously the lies are going to weigh down your soul. So Yes. Um, and then, yeah, we're back in the square. And um, we have the mayor coming out and holding a very long and awfully tiring speech about how the blanks are super bad and super evil. And you've all been getting, you've all been misguided and blinded by... All the yeah. old lazy had- mayors before him, and we need to fight now. Yes, 
And make sure there are no blanks hiding in our society. Yeah, he basically makes the blanks out to be terrorists who are trying to yeah. infiltrate the society and plant bombs or whatever to take over the, the cities. Um, yeah, it's very dramatic. Yeah, it's a and, lot. Yeah, then he basically announces that um, the whole shebang is about having a public marking, which hasn't happened in so long that Leora never has seen one. Yeah. And it's basically when somebody gets punished for a super, super heinous crime, they they get a special marking, and that one used to be done in public to show everybody the shame. Yeah, it's the... F- Mark of forgetting, right? To know oh, that you can live your out. life. Yeah, you'll live your life now, but nobody's gonna keep a record of you after you die. Yeah, their book gets gets burned, and nobody's allowed to speak their name or talk about them after that. Yeah, so, so basically, they lose their shot at an afterlife. Yes, it's kind of like being condemned to purgatory right then and there. Yeah. So they bring out this man. Connor Drew, and um, I, I don't know what his last name was, but it, yeah, Connor. Um, yeah, I think it's Drew or something. Um, he's and, a tenor. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a flare who stole skin, which means that the books that or the people that he stole the skin from have they are incomplete. Yeah, the books are incomplete and their souls are incomplete, and it's super super bad. And he's he's been sentenced to become a forgotten basically, and he they they shave the the back of his head, um, and they bring up the tattoo artist, and he gives him the the crow on his back on his back of the head. Yeah, it's, yeah. Back of the head just sounds like a really weird place to put a tattoo. Yeah. Because then you can like grow out your hair, and then the people in your life don't know about it until like. You die. Yeah. Which sounds like either they're trying to make everybody paranoid about who could be secretly a bad person. Or I don't know where they would choose that place. Because they're... Yeah, to make you like super hesitant about knowing new people. Yeah. And they do... They describe it being just above the hairline. So it definitely will be covered with hair eventually. It's such an odd choice to me. But anyway, yes. So everybody's super cautious about everybody. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yes, they're they're doing the the mark. And just as they finish it, Leora gets like a flashback moment. And she remembers when she was little, um, her dad had an accident at work. They were unloading some kind of crates and he got hit in the back of the head. And... um, they they brought him home, not bringing him to the doctors, even though he was clearly bleeding a lot. And they had um, a friend, a doctor friend, come around and, and have him stitch him up, up, even though she was very hesitant of doing it. And then she she saw her dad in the middle of the night sleeping, and she saw that um, he had a crow on the back of his head as well, that now had been stitched up. But he too had the sign of the forgotten. And yeah, so now she's 
super panicking and um, she runs straight home, but her mom isn't there and she doesn't really know what to do. So she thinks she then goes over to her friend. Yeah, so this is where we get introduced to the nurse who helped out her dad and her kids, right? Yeah, who's the mom of her best friend. Yeah, and the brother is a little bit slow. Yes, he seems to have some kind of mental impairment. I think he's just got a learning difficulty. He seems to be really nice and he likes baking and he works well with his hands. And Yeah, I, I don't know, it's never really described that fully. Mm. Um, so yes, he's something. Um, yeah, and we also, like, as she runs, um, she she reads people involuntarily because she, she has the same, um, she has the same type as the mother, right? Yeah. And this is where it gets a bit tricky, I find, because it's, they never quite describe it that well, because they can only read people's tattoos, like they can't read the people who would be blank. They specifically read the tattoos, but they don't just read them. They read them like a, a fortune teller would read palms. Yeah, they read things that clearly aren't inked there. And it's never fully yeah, explained like how that works. Yeah, meaning, like the meaning behind all the tattoos. I guess she's somewhat psychic. Yeah, yeah, but it's never properly like explained how or why that works. It's just said that, well, that happens. But, yeah. Um, yes, so on her, she, a lot of the time she tries to, to block it out. And she doesn't want to be a reader like her mom, who apparently mm. goes around people's houses and just reads for them. Yeah, she will like interpret somebody's grandmother's story for them if they need to and stuff like that. And she used to work for the government or currently works for the government and like it used, checking it used to be a government job, in. but yeah. it sounds like it isn't anymore. Yeah, when newcomers came into the town, she would like read the read their tattoos and be like, oh, this yeah. guy's shady. Yeah, or not, as the case may be. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yes, so she doesn't want to be a reader and she doesn't really like having to read people all the time, so she tries to block it out. Yeah. But as she runs home, we get, like, a bit of that. Um, just knowing everything about fucking people. And, yes, then she goes over to uh, Verities, her, her friend, her only friend by the sound of it. Yeah. Verities means, it's, it's close to the word truth, which is veritas in Latin. So I yeah. think that should tell you something. <laughs> yes. So um, she goes over and she tells her about the, the whole marking. And it's, um, yeah. And Verity is pretty much... Well, yeah, we learned about it, you know, it, it used to be common, and the mayor said it happens more often, oh, well, I'm sure he was a bad person and he deserved it, and she's, like, all up and running for the whole business, and, yeah, Lyra wants to tell her about her dad, but she doesn't really know where to begin, so, mm. she kind of drops it, she has a nap at Verity's, and then she goes home, pretty much. Yeah. She's got an interesting relationship with her mom, too. There's yes. a lot of a freedom she has with her mom, as long as she, like, 
lets her know what's going on. Um, it's 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 a bit of an it's a bit odd. It's like a a roommate and on, with only one set of house keys. Like she needs to know when you're coming and going. And that's seemingly it. Yeah, although it also sounds at some point she she remembers when um, when she was allowed to to stay out a little bit longer. And your mom telling her that she was allowed to, to go as long as she knew where she went, when she came back, with who she was going out, and and as long as she was back until the streetlights came on. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically was, well, you get to go out a little bit later, like a whole half hour. I don't know what you're complaining mm. about. So her mom also seemed to have been always on the worrying side. Which might be a hint. I mean, yes, and I don't know. I don't know. They say it's an odd relationship. Yes, it is. But I think her mom is just a, a strange person to, to a point. At any rate, she's she's coming. Uh, she's coming home. Her mom's there with dinner. She's um, uh, she's talking about her. Um, she's talking about the viewing. She's she saw the, the marking and um, is drawing the curl for her mom, who seems to be slightly on edge with the whole situation, but doesn't want to show. And she basically goes on that that she um, apparently he's still on skin, and her mom seems to tense for a moment, but then she just keeps on visibly trying to relax. Yeah. Yeah, and just goes about business as usual and we kind of know that something is definitely up here and I mean at this point you can every reader can already make the connection yes which is why not... one of the reasons it took so long yeah this, book. this scene or this like setup is used to develop the world so much but our girl is a dumb shit so doesn't put the clues together <laughs> I mean she's 16 so I'll, I'll I'll give her a bit of a bit of that, but yes, this is not a big leap or a huge conclusion to come to, and it takes a long time to finally make the coin drop. Oh my God, yes. <sighs> anyway, yeah. So next we are treated to one of the fairy tales slash history stories. It's mm. it's kind of like they took all the the popular fairy tale children's stories, but in their community it's seen as their histories who just get embellished a bit to make them sound nicer but they do believe that all of this somehow at some point happened or at least the the more militant people do yeah maybe not everyone so is this the the very first um fairy tale about like the creation of the inked versus the uninked yeah, the, the first story is The Sisters, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically, yeah, two sisters. One was as good as she was beautiful, which is not setting up a strange image at all. Yeah. Because beautiful must be good. And her sister was just, like, they don't even say that her sister was bad in the beginning. They just said that she was super ghostly and clearly not as pretty, and so nobody even remembered her name. Because her sister yeah. was so pretty and so in the forefront that everybody ignored the sister to the point 
that we don't know her name. Which, you know, like, I would be a bit pissed off about that as well. <laughs> yes. As the ugliest of all my sisters. I'm a bit pissed yeah. off about that as well. And <laughs> um, yes, so they don't, yeah, they don't say that she's ugly or something, but they just say that she wasn't as good as she was beautiful like her sister. And so they just called her the ghost girl. Like, what? She wasn't as hot as her sister, so she, I just called her ghost girl. What's wrong like with you, you people? You go through that emo phase in high school and everybody's <laughs> like, she's a little bit weird with the pale makeup and the really dark hair. Yeah, no, she gets lumped with that kind of rep for the rest of her goddamn life and all of history. Yeah, and it's all because she's not as good looking as her relative. As her this twin is, sister. Yeah, this is really fucked up. Um, yeah, so their dad was a big storyteller and he was mm. like being able to make the stories come to life so everybody came around to their house to listen to them and also to look at their hot sister because that's fine yeah. we come around to look at your hot daughter and once we get bored and you can tell a us a story yeah yeah just so fucked up people um, weird <laughs> yes they fucking were um but it also says that the um it also said that the the not Ten looking sister is writing down all the stories of her dad while he's telling them. Yeah. Which, I mean, she's recording history. I don't see how we make her out to be the bad guy from the get go. But because it's not written on her skin. Yeah, clearly. So yes, um, it's also told that the the man had this gift that his dying wish would become true. So once he was getting old and sick and dying, the sisters were sitting on his bed and were like, well, what are you going to wish for? Could you wish for a lot of money for us, please? Um, no, of course, he's wishing that um, basically that they would o- that they would always be remembered because he's realizing that he's going to be forgotten at some point and he wants that his sisters will always... Uh, his daughters were always. I thought it like, was the, it was an oddly phrased thing. Like he always wanted their stories to be remembered. Yeah. And yeah. Ho- um. Hold on. I have it here. Um. Um. He gasped. Um. Is that your stories will be remembered? I wish that the stories of your lives will be part of you. That your stories go with you wherever you go, and that you two girls are known forever. That is my dying wish. Um. So basically, he wanted fame for his daughters. Yeah. So, yeah, he's dying and it's all super sad. And then, not soon after, would you believe it? A prince comes walking by the Woodcutter's <laughs> house. And it's like, all these fairy tales, princes just running around some weird woods waiting for the hot girls working the farms. Yeah. So, yes, he prince comes by, he's like, Damn, wow, girl, you hot. Yeah, he's like, Man, that's the hottest chick I've ever seen. And she's like, you're a prince, you're rich, yay! So, um, <laughs> do something with my life. Yeah, pretty much. I so mean, they were deeply in love. Yeah, I mean... She definitely was carrying him for the money. <laughs> it's one of those things I hate in the fairy tales, that it's just, she meets the prince, and, and that's pretty much it, like, that's how love happens. And it's the same here. It's just, open the door, the prince fell immediately in love, and the next day he took Moira to the palace. To be his wife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure. No, no, it was real love. It happened within 
30 seconds. It's incredible. Well, they didn't live very long, so, you know, you've got to get in there quick. You could drop dead at any minute. <laughs> i got to get me some before she's dead. Yes. Well, so he's, he's taking the hot sister and they're getting married and all of a sudden the she... The whirlwind romance. Yes. Super not out of, um, out of her hotness and his money. No, no. Um, and they get married, and then all of a sudden she has a mark on her hand commemorating the wedding, basically. We're not even told what it looks like. It's just a special mark. I'm going to say it's a wedding band. Maybe. I mean, it, says, it doesn't even say finger. It says, like, her hand. Maybe it's like the henna you get in an Indian wedding. <laughs> Maybe. So, yes. Everybody is, like, super weirded out at first, but then they're like, well, it's a nice thing to remember our wedding that we would obviously forget otherwise. And they're mm. all like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. We're on board. And she tells them the story of her father's death wish, and they're all like, yeah, that's fine then. I guess that checks out. Mm. Yeah, isn't She's it? She's the witch. She has a story about her dad. It becomes more apparent, right, with the birth of their son, yeah, so they have a son, and that one, and he's Mark too. Mm. He's born with his name already in his skin, which is super convenient, because who wants to choose baby names? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you were destined to have this name. It's not <laughs> yeah. my fault. It's not my <laughs> fault you called something stupid. <laughs> Why do I have this ugly name? I don't know you came with it. <laughs> his name is literally something stupid. Hey, something <laughs> stupid, come over here. It'd be great. It'd be fucking great. I think Destiny just hates you, child. <laughs> uh, okay, yes. So that happens. And after, which must have been years, the oh-so-good sister is like, oh, you know what? I haven't visited my lonely-ass sister in years. Maybe I should do that. Isn't it not, not long after the birth of their son? She's like, yeah. turns up at the party and was like, why didn't you invite me? No, 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 that's a different story. That that doesn't happen in this one. It's, yeah, okay. so basically, what, which must have been at least, let's say, one year, she hasn't had a thought about her sister who's living all alone in the fucking woods now while she's living in a castle. But and got no, married no. and had a baby, these events that you invite your family to. Yeah, no, no, but she's still goody two-shoes. And, yeah. She's she's going into the to the woods to visit her sister who looks worse than ever, kind of. Um, He's as dreary and dry <coughs> as her personality. <laughs> I mean, we assume, yeah. But yeah, so the whole the whole town looks kind of down and just they had they were unlucky with crops that didn't turn out and people being sick and oh that's why they went isn't it because there's a part of the kingdom that's like constantly terrible and the no that's that's also another one where the guy goes what? Oh. all right okay whatever they have a lot of stories and they all seem slightly alike but yes i mean yeah she's visiting a sister and she realizes that her hometown is kind of gone to shits while the rest of the country seems to thrive. And 
yeah, she's talking to her sister. They have like a nice catch up. And she's like, oh, look, I got married and had a baby. <laughs> yeah. How you're about you? Oh, you're lonely and uh, living a shitty life in a shitty town. Well, I wish I could help you, but obviously I can't. I've got things to do in my palace. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's really how it goes. She then is like, oh, well, sucks to be you and goes back to the castle. And yeah, her, her sister gets to stay there. Mm. But yeah, so she realizes when she comes back that... Yeah, her sister doesn't have any marks. Um, oh, hold on. No, I think the, the baby party comes into play. Oh. Um, so did she on. go back after she got married and then she had a baby later? Yeah, I, I, I think she definitely went back to her sister before. Okay. But So pre-baby. Yes, probably. So she went back while she was still thin. Because she needed to rub that in for her sister. <laughs> Look at me. And yes, and then she she had the baby. And the um it's party um, party party time. Yes, and then the sister comes to the party. I'm not sure if she was invited or not because there's another she story about the not inviting thing. No, nah, she basically becomes maleficent. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. But um, she she goes to the sleeping baby, and as her gift, she promises the baby an early death. Um, and basically a life of misery and frantic worry, of fighting with fate and losing every time. Um, yes, and she told her that the baby would die before she became an adult. Yeah. So... Bam, bam, and then she just disappears, and everybody goes, "See the Princess, she's she's maleficent." <laughs> yes, and then they cough and they're like, "Oh, I mean, which, which?" Um, yes, and that's when she realizes that the old town where she came from has been cursed by her sister, and it's, I mean, it's great how they're describing it. You know, she cursed the cows, and their milk curdled, and she stole secrets in book families. <laughs> Basically, somebody's milk went bad, and they went witch. <laughs> it's yeah. great. It's it's like in the old days, you know, the witch finding qualities were quite quite high. Yeah. But yes, so um, she's like really confused that the that her sister is still blank, even though the the father wished for both of them to have markings, and but it must have been because she was in. Sorry? But she like she's done stuff, even if it's evil stuff, surely it would come up on her skin. Yeah, and the conclusion that is drawn is that she's already been um a witch using dark magic before her father died. And that's yeah, why the markings can't take hold. Because of dark uh, magic. Yes. So I mean the then whole the while can never be written. Yes. Because her body is so evil it, it can't like no marks can take hold there. <laughs> it's ah yes. So the whole time you read that story, you just keep thinking, I don't see what's so bad Lipsen, about the Lipsen, evil Lipsen, witch. Lipsen. Yeah. yeah, it's just what That's the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. So um yeah. So pretty much the the 
the pretty sister went, well, obviously, we can't just go there and broker peace or, I don't know, try help them economically. No, no, we're just going to draw a wall around them and cut them out. Yeah. It'll make the rest of the country look much better without the shitty town. <laughs> and if so, we just remove them, then they're not in the statistics. Yes, it's like building a slum for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the favelas, it doesn't count. <laughs> yes, pretty much. So, yeah, they build a wall around them and decide to just leave them behind because fuck those people. And then the then the, the kingdom was all good. The queen was happy. And ironically, nobody ever talks again of the fucking child. Yeah, right? The, rest the of baby the story who was is, born with his terrible name. Yeah, and clearly with this terrible, terrible life to be had. Because this story doesn't include any other sorcerers coming to make the sentence less bad. Yeah, it's so just I guess that, she dies on her 16th birthday. Yeah. It just says that once again the kingdom flourished, the land was blessed and the people were happy, the prince and his beautiful princess, because once again it's important that she's pretty, ruled with uh, wisdom and justice. Princess Moira lived a long and happy life, clearly not her kid. Moira. Yes. And you can read all about it uh, from her skin, because that's really important. And yeah, so we're not told the whole terrible life the child had to lead and then die before it became an adult. And clearly she never had any other children, so I don't know how this line survived. This makes no sense. Um, yeah, because the king was actually, he had multiple wives, let's be real. <laughs> Probably, yes. She was just the prettiest of them all. Here's a super <sighs> convenient way that I can get you to make marks on your skin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yes, we have that story, which is all great. Um, and then... Um, oh, yeah, we get told a bit about the whole um, marks. Like, until you're 16, you're only allowed to have the government marks, like your age and your accomplishments and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But when you turn 16, you're allowed to get marks of your choosing, so just getting pretty tattoos rather than functional ones. Yeah. And All of them tell the story like you were 16 when you got this tattoo. <laughs> yeah, clearly everybody has that. Ooh, fuck. That was a minor getting a tattoo. Um, but, I love when, yes. when she talks about one of the girls in her class's tattoo, that she got it for a boy who was over-domineering <laughs> and like um, tried to take over her life. And she got the tattoo and it's too big and it's out of place. But but now she's overcome the boy and the tattoo and, and like, she's and never going to make that mistake again. Yeah, but she has she has the gigantic reminder forever on her leg because her whole thigh yeah. is covered in a snake. Yeah. It's just, it's great, you know. It's great that you are, even your romantic mistakes get tattered on your skin. They can be, if you're they not careful. They can be, yes. I mean, 16-year-old children, they should not be allowed to make their own decisions about tattoos. Hey, it's the age of consent in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. For a tattoo. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I mean, over here, if you're under 18, you still need your parents' um, approval or whatever. I think you can be 16 in the States to get it. 
I think you have to be 18 here too. I mean, it would explain some of the American tattoos I've seen. Mm-hmm. It was also just like a, a lack of care in a lot of places. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. No yeah. more ju- being super judgy of the United States like we normally are. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, yes. And we have... Um, there's also a bit more talk about <coughs> the blanks, like she's describing what they learned about the blanks in school, that basically back in the day when they still lived all together, there were... It started slowly, like one or two people were like, we don't want to get tattoos. And then yeah. it turned out that those people who were blank all of a sudden were horrible people. Like if it was yeah, it turned into lying. shitty work. And yeah, yeah, they would lie and steal and immediately Kept they were trying to... and keep secrets. Yes. Just awful, awful kind of people. Apparently. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and I mean over the t- over the, the the course of time, seeing how after the the war with the blanks, there were no blanks left in the town. They kind of became a boogeyman story. Like kids in school would tell each other, you know, the blanks are coming at night to get your soul. And yeah. then <clears throat> and they would play blanks and ink, I guess. <laughs> yes. And then. They did a, a school trip when they were eight. Year four? Yeah. Year five? Mm, no, I think four, probably. Okay. Where they go? Yeah. I've started five. Uh, over here, it's usually six. All right, that's the side. Yeah. So when they're eight years old, they go to the museum, the whole school, and they go through a door that they never before on school trips went through, a green door. And it's basically the exhibition room for the blanks. And it's just fucking creepy to subject eight-year-olds to. Because the first thing you... War memorial, but like, worse. Fucking hardcore, yes. Because the first thing you see is a tank with a whole blank human in it. Yeah. Just swimming in the water, and they're super horrified by seeing somebody so empty of any markings. Mm. And then there's a lot of exhibitions about how they used to cut off people's hands and cut off their skin to take their marks away. And yeah, basically it's all hate the blanks. Exhibit one. Yes, and what makes them so bad and the murder that they committed. Yeah. Because the inked people here are the victim, not the persecuted persecutors. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And um, yeah, we have we have her eventually go to bed. She has a weird dream about her ink being taken away from her, which of course is terrifying. Because then she would be a blank. Um, then she's the bad guy. <laughs> Uh, yes, so she's acing all of her exams very well. Uh, Verity does too. They go to um to a um they go to a party to the end of the year party, whatever, more or less prom. Just, yeah, in and, their traditional outfits. Yeah, which to is show like off all their skin which, Yeah, and um. We meet Carl there, who was in uh, Leora's uh, inking class, who seems to be a bit of a dickhead, and 
they talk okay. and he tries to kiss her and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And people are laughing at him and yes, it's it's a whole it's a whole scene. He's been embarrassed because he got rejected by the worst person in school, the least popular person in school. I mean, yeah, they never say that people are hating her or anything. It's just that she's unremarkable. She doesn't stand out. So she's yeah. just lost in the Like a blank. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, yeah, so... Um, they... After that, she... Um, she gets a mentor, which is the storyteller of the town, Mel. She's basically yeah, an orphan, an doesn't yeah. have any family, and is chosen as a child to be the basically the storyteller, the story holder for the entire community. And she just gets tattoos of all the stories and fairy tales and histories. And she she's kind of like a religious, a religious leader in a way. She's kind of like... like Without the mayor. having any kind of power, though. Yeah, it's like the, the mayor is is the leader, but she is kind of the faith leader. Mm. She's the one for all the the faith questions, in a way. Um, the only comparison that comes to my mind is, is Avatar. Where it's like, one guy is the leader of the tribe, and his wife is the leader of the whole faith-based mysticism part. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I immediately went first airbender, not like <laughs> the blue people. <laughs> no, no, the blue people. Um, yes. And um, she's her mentor, which is also first for her, and she basically tells her that all of her exam results are super duper great, and she can now choose between being an anchor, as she always wanted to be, or being a flayer, which is what her dad was. Mm. And yeah, both of them are important jobs in society. Yes. So there's no but, shame in picking either of them. Yes, but of course she doesn't go ahead and slay people. She uh, chooses no. the anchor, and she's being um, um, I'm missing a word here. Um, she's being sent to one of the the private tattoo studios. So he has like one official office that's at the government building yes, where yeah. everybody gets their official government markings. Um, where she also and gets their Yeah, so they, if you want to be a government inker, they're boring symbols that you do out of a book continuously. You guess you kind of want to work for a private institution because then you can do more creative pieces. Yeah. And the inker where she gets her um, her qualification mark seems to be fucking bored out of his mind and just hating yeah. his job. So she's like, mm, yeah, I definitely don't want to do this forever. Um, so she goes to the private studio where she meets Ogle. Yeah, um, the the greatest tattoo artist in his in the town. Yeah, he's definitely famous for making really great tattoos, and he's built up a reputation, and everybody kind of has heard of him before. So, um, yes, and there she also meets Carl, which of course also 
he passes also got exams this and yeah gets the apprenticeship there which is also great um yes oval seems to be a bit of tough love at the beginning and oh, well and truly he like picks them against each other <laughs> yes for a job at the end of their internship yes because that's always a good idea um yes and so they're basically just um Carl shows off his leg and shows that he's done his own first tattoo. <laughs> Clearly thinking it, it was so bad. Yes, it would impress him, but Olu just goes, what the fuck are you doing, you know? You, you're my apprentice, so it. people yeah. are gonna associate that shitty tattoo with me, so I now need to fix it. Um, yes, and they... Um, we have a while of um, them basically getting to know the studio and how Oval works. And then one night uh, after they close up, Carla's already gone and she helps tidy up with Oval and a woman comes into the into the studio just asking to get the mark for her. Yeah, for a died um. baby. And Liora doesn't even think about it at the beginning, that it's actually... An illegal tattoo. Mm. She just thinks about how super sad she is and how she wants to help her. And they have like a connection. So Oval basically says that she should do the tattoo. And yeah, um, yeah so she does. And then right afterwards, she realizes that she's committed a crime because she's done an illegal tattoo. And she sees um, she sees a note that the woman had passed to Oval, which has a, a crow feather on it, the sign of the blanks. And she's like super confused now, and also she knows she can't tell anybody because she committed a crime. <laughs> and she yeah. thinks that Oval did that on purpose to make her commit a crime in a way. So she's like really weirded out now. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, she's very particular about the experience too, though, that she goes through when she's putting the ink on somebody's skin. Yeah. And that whole process, it's, um, it's definitely like she gets possessed by this kind of um I don't know the 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 artistry and she like pours part of herself and part of the woman into this image and makes this kind of like amazing piece based on um on the story and the pain of the woman and making it completely unique and like she's incredibly gifted so she's just yeah. like possessed by inspiration for that whole thing but it also sounds like it's something that that happens with i guess good inkers like something that's supposed to happen because it's also described when oval is inking that that he gets like into a zone and he's like in trance so it sounds yeah. like those um, I don't know, like those, um, like things people report when they've been meditating for a really long time or had like strange out of body experiences. Well, I was thinking it's like that old, the, the Greek description of being struck, physically struck by inspiration where you become like possessed by this need to get, get this art outside of your body and it can like, it like builds and then explodes out of you and it's all you can do for a bit and then kind of it's gone and it's only in that moment that you can create that 
kind of piece because it, it does seem to be like if they get broken out of it they can't quite go back in oh i don't know she seems to be doing okay with the the piece later when she gets interrupted mm. but yeah so at any rate she she does a really great job and almost like super proud and then mm. she goes home and um she has a bit of a fight with her mom because she keeps saying that uh, she tells her that she remembers seeing the crow on her dad and she knows that something is up and her mom, her mom doesn't tell her anything no she's like i can't i'm, I'm she's refusing to say a word and she um she cuts herself washing up on a piece of broken ceramic mm. which is great because it's a it's a right hand or at least it's a main hand and so now she can't ink or draw for the next well at least two or three weeks in which time carl is like really smug and shitty to her and gets to do all the things while she just gets to clean and watch basically and um yeah over this is after he was like yeah yes more than a little bit isn't he (laughs) yes he's like your hands are what this is basically all you have in this job. You have to take better care of them. Which, I mean, is a fair point. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not, but you should still try and take care of your hands. They're important. Yeah, especially if you work with them. Um, yes. So then she she has like a shitty day at, at work and she wants to see her dad afterwards because until the ceremony, they're allowed to look at the book of a dead person that's still at the uh, museum. Yeah, so but it has she, has to yeah, stay in the museum. You can't come home. Yeah, not until the ceremony is done. So um, she goes down um, to the museum. She wants the book, and they say that it's been confiscated and she can't see it. And she's starting to get really upset, but then some attractive young boy. Yeah, with these cool glasses. <laughs> Yes, he's like the hot nerd. Yeah. So less um, man meat, more like brain meat. Brain he can brain meat, yeah. So brain is meat is sexy. <laughs> yes. Um so brain meat is coming over, he's taking her outside uh, to a cafe and um they're talking about the whole situation and she's remembering him from the public marking and she's realizing that he's the son of the convicted. And, um, yeah, so she she kind of gets a bit standoffish then. Because it's, yeah, basically, oh, God, your dad is a criminal sort of situation. <laughs> and she still doesn't make the connection. And it's, ah, oh, it's so irksome. Yes, um, it's irritating. Great world building, frustrating protagonist. <laughs> yes. What else is new? Um... Oh, yeah, no, I am so ready for a character that's smarter than me. (laughs) Yeah, so um, after that, she's kind of like, I think I should really be going. And she kind of goes with the whole, is your father a good man? (laughs) And you're like, well, who are you to fucking judge? But yeah, it's a very judgmental society. Oh, yeah. Basically, he quickly writes a note and gives it to her as she's leaving, which basically also says, was your father a good man? Because quite clearly, there was something up. Um, <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, so she goes home. She has another fight with her mom, who basically just goes, "We're not gonna talk about this. I promised your dad I wouldn't tell anybody, not even you. And just trust me that it's been taken care of. We paid off the white people. It'll be fine." Communication is key. Here's the thing with relationships: honesty is the best policy. Trust yes, and also is just talking about shit. Okay. Oh my God. Yes. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but uh, clearly we can't do that because then the book would be really short, probably. <laughs> Possibly. So, I don't know. It yes. would have gone in a different direction. Yeah. So now we have. Um, she meets with Verity again, who now works at the government, as she wanted to, because she also had great exam results. And. Um, Verity is like, well, you know, there's some, like, she heard about the, the book being confiscated. And she's like, there are some weird investigations going on. And it, she's like, there was scarring. Yeah, there was scarring found on your dead skin. So it looks like something has been removed. And yeah. so, yes, there are weird things. So there's. Uh, full investigation been launched and whatever. So she basically says, we got to look out. <laughs> so um, Leora goes to meet Oscar again. The, oh, the that's what meat. his name is. Brain yes, meat, yep. Oscar the brain meat. Pinky and the brain, 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 brain. Um, yes. And then we, I mean, we get the little bit of she's definitely attracted to him, which seems to be a first because yes. she's talked about the voice at school. Confused. Yeah. Yeah. Who she are is also very, very unnoticeable. <laughs> yes, she is. Um yeah, so they meet and the meeting basically ends with Oscar going, Well, my dad kinda stole your dad's skin and I think we both know what piece of skin it was. Yep. And so they're yeah. gonna break in. Yeah, she leaves off the bed and there's some more time passing in between. And I think she meets Mel in between as well, who has now her new protege with her, which is a, a little girl who's also an orphan and now trains to be the next storyteller. Yeah, where do they keep getting all these orphans from in this small town? Well, they're killing the parents, clearly. <laughs> and then what? And then nobody is saying anything? Like... Anyway, whatever. Fascism. I mean, it's the same. Uh, yeah, it's the same later on. Um, so, yes. Um, Verity meets Leora again and basically tells her they found the skin that, um, that Connor stole. So your dad's skin is going to be in there and it's going gonna, it's gonna to convict him. And you basically have to break in and steal it now. Which, I mean, Verity, with all her rules and her love for the government, it seems slight bit out of character that she would just run up to her and be like, here's the key and the directions. Go and steal the skin. I think she just loves her friend. I don't... I think, well, part of it, I think that Verity was manipulated by the government, but also that she does genuinely care, like, so much for Lenora that she... that she wants to help. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's a government setup, basically. Yes. Um. 
So the app to doing that. Um, it's really easy. Breaking in <laughs> is really easy. Everything goes according to plan. They get the skin, and Oscar's like, this was way too easy. I mean, no, actually, he doesn't even say that. The the we have a we have the scene where they find the skin and they pack it, and Oscar also takes a second piece of skin. Leora is really confused, and he's basically just saying, "Back off! I'm not going to talk about this." Yeah. And then they have to escape because they hear somebody coming, and they try to play it cool, like they're just out for a stroll in the dark, while somebody's watching them from the window. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, mm-hmm. just before that, we also get the introduction into Jack Minow, I think. Oh yeah, Who the uh, is, hunter. Yeah, basically one of the government investigators, and he's like a, a horrible person. All of his chosen tattoos are of predators, and the first time he he comes into the studio to to ask questions, Leora really gets like she gets sick from the the feeling she gets from him from the reading. Yeah, from all of the tattoos that they they're he's a gross hunter basically. Yeah, and he yeah he has a shaved head and his whole head is tattooed with a horde of hyenas. It just sounds like it would su- look super strange. <laughs> yes, I can imagine it would. <laughs> Could you? Okay. Yeah. If this ever gets being made, it gets ever gets made into a movie, like the amount of work for the poor um, makeup artists. Yeah, yeah. But then, I mean, if we look at sh- shows like Shadowhunters, they too had to be covered in shit every time. That show was never made. We're not talking about it. <laughs> yes, okay. We, we shan't speak of it again. It's nothing um, like the book. Move on. <laughs> Although, to be fair, the movie who was actually decent also had to have the markers. Yes, so they the also had to do that every day of filming. Fun. The movie was great. Yeah. Okay, so, moving on. Um, she, she tattoos an owl for him. Um, some kind of predatory owl who hunts crows, which is not very much on the nose at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, Oval gets really nervous, too, which is kind of confusing for Leora, because so far he's been the, the tough guy that nothing shakes. Yeah, he's a six-foot, tattooed, huge dude. <laughs> huge dude. Um, yes. Huge. Um, and so we, we we are pretty much led to believe that he was the guy in the window watching after them. And, well, Look, I didn't pick that up. There. I was clearly speed reading too much because at that point the book was long. <laughs> True. Um, yes. So they get out of the skin. They decide that Oscar should look after the pieces of skin because his house has been searched so many already. times he knows where there are good hiding spots that they yeah. can't look, won't look, don't look. Yeah, and she's just fine with leaving a piece of her father with this strange boy. Mm-hmm. But sure, she sure. likes him. Yeah. And he's too pretty. I can't think. No, 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 his brain is so good. He, she doesn't care that he's pretty. No, oh, she talks about his pretty smile too, though. Yeah, that's Keeps going on about the dimples. 
You know, she's, yes. she's in love. So, Dimple Boy <laughs> is keeping the skin. <laughs> and we have... Uh, we have her going home, and she's like super relaxed now because she knows everything's gonna go right. What could go Everything wrong? Everything is don't going have... to go right. Yeah, because they don't have any evidence to convict him now. Even if they insist that skin is missing, they don't have the piece of skin, so they can't prove anything. So they would have to basically admit him to to remembrance just by lack of evidence. Mm-hmm. And it's all gonna be fine. So, um, at the tattoo shop, Obel to, um, shows her one of the super ancient, like, first edition storybooks. Yeah, with the old that, pictures in it. Yeah, that according to the museum has been lost, so clearly he's having an artifact that probably belongs into the museum. Mm-hmm. And in that version... But it was lost hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yes. And in this version of the book, the... Um, the the ugly sister basically the white witch as she's also called um isn't depicted as something ugly like in all the other images she's actually really pretty and she's like she's blank but she's also like owning her blankness yeah she's got dark hair that cascades down her back or something as well um i think it was red hair wasn't it red hair maybe i i have no idea uh, and anyway she's like yeah, she's like pale, but she's pretty. She's she's now not the ugly sister anymore, basically. No, yes, they were lie. both pretty. Yeah, it's because ugly people are bad, and bad <laughs> yes. people have to be ugly. You, so, what you do affects the way you look. Yeah, because in order for her to become the secret heroine of the of the story all along, she needs to be the pretty one. Mm-hmm. So, yes, she um, she sees it and she's like really confused because she's never seen her depicted in a good way. And then Obo makes her draw it and as she's drawing it, she's realizing that, as she's drawing the face, she's realizing that she looks exactly like her, which apparently it's she didn't face. realize before. Um, yes, and that really creeps her out and she's just running from the building, pretty much. And, I mean, in between we also get a couple of odd hints from Obel, just him, yeah, going, like, basically admitting that he knew her father, but then also just didn't know him that well, like, he's, he's trying to drop some hints, but he doesn't really know how to do it well, so it just yeah. keeps confusing. He's a terrible spy. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Um... And then we have the, and then I think that's pretty much all that happens until the day of the, the weighing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we also have her reading, I think the day before the weighing, she reads through her granddad's skin book. Yeah, and, and he hates her dad. Yeah, and it's just really confused by he hated her father and her mom's like, we're not talking about this. Again, I like to keep secrets. It definitely builds trust. <laughs> yes, that's how families work. Um, yeah. So, the day comes, and everyone is there. Verity um, comes in with the officials. Uh, and Oscar comes as well. For yeah, some and, yeah, and her um, Verity's parents are there too, and a couple of, and Obel is there, and basically other 
And Mel reads Friends. the story. Yeah, and Mel reads the story that he chose because everybody gets to choose the story they want to have read, basically yes, at the funeral. To choose the, yeah, you're reading at the funeral. Yeah, and um, he chose the story. Of, was it the sleeping chick story? I think so. Yeah. So basically, think Sleeping Beauty. It's that story. Yeah, but I fucking love the ending. <laughs> the ending of the story basically goes: the Sleeping Beauty is like really pissed at her parents because they didn't tell her that she would sleep for a hundred years when she turns sixteen, and then she goes with the prince because she can't stand her parents. But she also tells the prince that she's gonna think about the proposal and that he shouldn't kiss sleeping women. <laughs> And it's yes, just great. she's a strong, independent character. It's a, her parents didn't talk to her at all about like the needle that you could be pricked with, or that she'd sleep for a hundred years, or any of this shit was going on, or that people would try to kiss her in her sleep during this a hundred years. Yeah. And she's like, if you would have told me, I wouldn't have gone playing with the fucking spindle in the first place. What's wrong with you? Yes, communication is key, mummy dearest. Please. <laughs> Read the uh, subtext. Yes, so it's, it's a key message in this book. Um, so yeah, we we get the great story, and then they talk about his life and how great he was, and people are giving testimony about how nice a guy he was, and yeah, they all put the, good the things he did for the community. Yeah, and they dramatically put the book on a scale with a counterweight, and it balances perfectly, and everybody's like, yay, he gets to go home. <clears throat> and then the the Jack Minnow, the, the hunter investigator, is coming in, and he's like, well, that should be the case, but there's something missing from his book. And then he recounts the tale of him trying to find it out. It's basically the Bond villain talking about his plan. Mm-hmm. And he basically went to Riverton, which is where um, her dad was from, and tried to find something out about him because they had no records or anything. And the people over there found a... Um, they had documents about somebody with a different name, but who fit his description. So they assumed... So he was he a traitor. <clears throat> yes, because he, he, grew up, um, he grew up there, and then he... Um, he got in leaks with the blanks, he even hid a blank, and then... He fell in love with the blank woman and... Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the blank that... I think the blank that he hid was to commit a crime or something, I think, and that's when he got the crow tattooed. And after that, he... Kind sorry, of I the... can't hear you. You keep breaking. Oh, sorry. Fucking internet. Um, yeah, so he, he hid a blank, and then I think the blank committed a crime or something... And that's when he got the, the crow tattoo. Mm. And after that, he left the community and he lived with the blanks and he married a blank woman and he had a blank child and blank, blank, blank. And blankety, blankety, blank. Yeah. And then he like pointedly looks at Leora and says, uh, basically says that he had this child with the blank woman and took, uh, took it into our community. And... Um, her mom is basically just sitting there whispering, no, 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 and yeah, so Leora kind of realizes that definitely the right story he's telling. Yeah, uh, and then he he thrusts a bit of skin at Lenora and tells her to read it and go, is this your dad? 
Yeah, and she just nods and says, burn him. Because yeah. she's so pissed at all the She throws the, the skin down and... <sighs> this explosion well, yeah, so... behind her, she walks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Jack, yeah, slaps the skin on the scale, and obviously this is tilting it to the wrong side, and so they take it and burn it in the the great... Um, the mm-hmm. great um, Hellfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just burning at all times there. It's basically just a, a fireplace. Uh, yeah, so Liara is, like, super fucking pissed now. Yeah. Communication um, is... Yeah, her whole life has been a lie. She's a half blank, and she's she looks like the white witch because clearly she's she's like that's what blank her. women look like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, Oval tells her that she's supposedly a descendant of the the white witch. Yeah, and then her mom. I mean, first of all, she leaves the house shouting at her mom, and then she hides in the museum and sleeps there for a night, and then she goes to talk to Oval. And I mean, we, we missed out the part that Oscar is actually the one who hands over the skin. He like yeah, betrays her and gives Jack Minow the, the skin that he needed to convict her. Um, I mean, probably didn't need at this point, but it helped. And then she, um, she kind of goes back to her mom at some point to talk about it all. And she tells her the story. That yeah, her mom finally spills. Yeah. That basically her, her mother died shortly after she was born. And then there was a raid on one of the Blank settlements. Mm. And everybody was killed. And the babies were supposed to be killed too. And um, Verity's mother, being a midwife, was there too. And she was supposed to kill a baby, which, you know, is not really the point of a midwife. And... She couldn't do it, so she smuggled the baby out and went to um, Sophia, I think it is, right? Leo's yeah, mom. that's the mom's name. And went to Sophia basically saying, well, you don't have any kids, why don't you take this one? And they lived, like, on the, they lived outside of town or on the outskirts of town and didn't really have yeah. a lot of interactions with anybody. Yeah, and so, uh, w- once again, everything with records, but this just flew under the radar. So she gave her the baby and she moved to a different part of town and nobody raised any questions. And then shortly after... Yeah, well, that's why she, the baby was sick for two yeah. months. Yeah, because clearly they had to do some cover-up work. Also, we now know that Liara is from the like original sister's line because she was born with her name already marked on her body in like yes. lilac ink or whatever, and they had to ink it over with black ink. And, yeah, yeah, so... She's also older than she thinks she is. Yeah, she's like nine months older and they don't know her birthday. And, yeah, so her her dad eventually came to find her and basically... They fell in love. Yeah, he pestered Sophia long enough for them to fall in love. And then... Yeah, he, like, hid his own life, and he helped the Blanks give them food and, like, smuggle food out and all that sort of stuff, whatever they needed to survive. And, as it turns out, Obel has been a secret spy the whole time. 
Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he doesn't have any tattoos, which just sounds like so much hard work. I know. Yeah. It's also why she couldn't read him at the start of the book. Yes, because none of his tattoos are real. And he basically tells her that he worked with her father and that he also knew her mom and yada, yada, yada. Basically, he's trying to, they're all trying to convince her that her dad was a great guy because she's now convinced that he was a horrible horrible man um because i mean she she's kind of she kind of fell from faith already but she, mm. at that point she wasn't completely she wasn't completely off the the rails yet so she's still struggling with all the rules and all the the all the set of beliefs in the community while she's realizing that Probably most of it is bullshit. All of it is bullshit. Yes, I mean, the fact that nobody ever questions how they know that there is an afterlife and that the afterlife cares that skin is preserved and names are being said. It's just taken at face value. So, yeah. Mel... Um, Mel talks to her again, basically going, "You did a brave thing. You like, you put your, you put the community and the rules above your own family." Um, when she decided her dad gets burned, even though, yeah, he was she loves him. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, her family tree also now gets tattooed with a, I think a cuckoo. It is that tattoo over the, the person yeah, that has the been name. forgotten. And um, she also gets an eagle because she was, like, brave for the community and put them over her family or something. Yeah. And, and then, then she's like, no, he is a, I'm going to do my act of rebellion now. <laughs> yeah, and they Mel basically goes, we can offer you a job. We want, we basically want somebody to edit people. She would become an editor of people. Because they the the new the new regime of May alongside wants to start um, they want to read people and then basically change their tattoos if necessary, whichever way they see fit. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because that's not how it's supposed to go. But no, but the bad guys want their way. Truth. And, yeah, because Liara is such a strong reader, she, and an Inca as well, she would be perfect for the job because she can tell the government everything about a person and then the government can decide what she should do about their tattoos. Truth. And they basically tell her that what they burned was a replica and not her real dad and that her real dad is still... she wants her dad, (laughs) he's still alive. Wait, what? If you want the cadaver of your father... You better do as we say. And, I mean, I think this is the point where she's starting to realize that it probably doesn't fucking matter what we keep of them and what we don't keep of them. And she basically goes to Oval and have him tattoo her in multiple sessions. And there's the reading of the name ceremony again, where she goes with her mom and Verity. And and she reads, instead of the, the list of names from the book, she reads out the names of um, of like 25 blanks or something that died. Yeah. 
from a list from Obel and names that Verity was researching and she yeah also reads her dad and Connor's name and her own name and her mom's name and just every fucking person she knows apparently. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she, she dramatically yeah she, she dramatically starts to strip down and shows off her new tattoo which is basically a gigantic crow on her chest. Oh, I thought it was on her back. Yeah, so it says that the uh, talons clawing at my breast, the tips of its wing fluttering down my arms. A crow, a crow, okay. a crow. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair, 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 fair. So she basically has one of those huge, like, neck and breast tattoos. Sleeve. Yes. But a crow, which is, yeah, saying it all. Really, and then she makes a dramatic en- uh, exit from the from the room, while everybody just gasps. You guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's truth bombs she keeps dropping and leaving the room. Yeah, which I really liked. It was a good ending. It's, I mean, I'm surprised her mom didn't get like become a forgotten herself from for harboring a traitor and. Being part of a cover-up and all that yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I would have thought there would be more punishment too, but maybe they were like, well, your child is probably going to hate you now and you don't really have anybody left in your family, so... Ken, this is the end of your family line because she's not even related to you. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I was kind of assuming that in the next book she would, like, I don't know, set out to try and find the blanks to find her roots or whatever. Go to yeah. Riverton and try and find the her, her dad's side of the, the family, but I don't know. I haven't looked into it yet. It's... Well, I am currently on the Wikipedia page. They want to use her to infiltrate Featherstone, home of the blanks. Ah. You know, because crows, Featherstone. Yeah. So that they can be rid of them forever. No, I see. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, that's the next book. Okay. Well, I'll... you want me? I mean, like we can read out the whole plot now if you want. But no. I thought you wanted to read this. No, I think uh, this one I'm actually this... interested enough to want to read. Yeah, this is not across the universe. No. Um, fucking hate that book so much. <laughs> um. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Cool. So, still enjoying that book. Still would probably give it a four out of five. Yeah, same here. I think it was a it was a nice read. There was a bit of a a slow patch in the first yeah. third of the book, but I was really happy with so much world building. how the rest played out. Yeah. And she did a good setup of the of the world too. Like not like some yeah, other no. people who keep droning on about how this one leaf was falling from the tree about three pages. Like, she gave vivid images, but she didn't draw them out forever. She made it quick and snappy, and I like that. Pretty much. Anyway, cool. So join us next week when we're going to read uh, Key of Light by Nora Roberts. Yes, this is the first Nora Roberts book for me. Uh-huh. I picked the next one. Can you tell? <laughs> We shall see how that one goes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. So thanks for listening in. Do follow us on all the social medias. 
um, catch you the next episode right here or on most any other streaming service as well as YouTube. And yeah, guys, come back next week for the next. You one. want to get us to review a book? You can buy one of those on our website. We'll re- re- do your book review for you. You can listen to the sounds of our voices. We tell you all about books that we hate, probably. <laughs> or love. Who knows? Yes, preferably the latter. <laughs> okay. Bye!